Welcome back to another Leroy UMC podcast. So I've got to ask, are you butter side up or butter side down? This week's sermon series titled The Gospel According to Dr. Seuss, we're diving into the Butter Battle Book. Seems pretty fitting for all of the wars that are currently going on in the world. Let's send it over to Pastor Tammy for this week's sermon. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above or uh, uh, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So this week's story by Dr. Seuss is actually one of, his, one of his newer books, The Butter Battle Book. It was written in the early 1980s, and it starts out like this. On the last day of summer, 10 hours before fall, my grandfather took me out to the wall. For a while, he stood silent. Then finally, he said with a very bad shake of his very old head. As you know, on this side of the wall, we are yooks. On the far other side of this wall live the zooks. Then my grandfather said, it's high time that you knew of the terrible, horrible thing the zooks do. In every zook house and in every zook town, every zook eats his bread with the, bud, with the butter side down. But we yooks, as you know, when we 
breakfast or sup. Spread our bread, Grandpa said, with the butter side up. That's the right, honest way, Grandpa gritted his teeth. So you can't trust a zook who spreads bread underneath. Every zook must be watched. He has kinks in his soul. That's why as a youth I made watching my goal. Watching zooks for the zook watching border patrol. Now if you've never heard or read the book, the Butter Battle book, it is an anti-war rhyming story that Seuss wrote at the height of the nuclear weapons arms race. It was during the height of the Cold War. It is a story of two communities, the Yooks and the Zooks, that live on opposite sides of a wall that separates them. The Yooks wear blue, the Zooks wear orange, but the biggest difference between the two is that the yooks butter their bread butter side up, and the zooks butter their bread butter side down. Silly thing to fight over, right? Now, to us, that may seem really trivial, right? But, and maybe not something to actually go to war over. But that is what they do. And for years, they try to outdo each other with the newest of weapons until they finally find themselves face to face on the top of the wall that divides them, each of them holding this small little bomb called the Bitsy Big Boy Boomeroo, while the rest of the people are living underground in a hole. The story then ends with the grandson grandson standing there watching all of this unfold before his eyes. Grandpa, I shouted, be careful, oh gee, who's going to drop it, will you or will he? Be patient, said Grandpa, we'll see, we will see. You know, with everything that's going on in the world around us, especially with the wars that we've had in the, in the Ukraine and now it, what's going on in Israel. This book really kind of hits too close to home right now. A scripture that comes to mind is found in Matthew 28, verses 6 through 8, where it says, You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Hmm. But I can also see another theme running through this story. One that fits our scripture for this morning that's found in Romans 12, including our memory verse, as well as the various scriptures we used in our call to worship this morning. The theme of evil versus evil and revenge runs rampant throughout this story. 
Scripture tells us over and over again that it is not our place to take revenge on those that have done us harm or, or to repay evil with evil. Yet, how many people do so? There are many people in this world that would love to take revenge on someone else for what that person may have done to them or another member of their family. Some may only think about it, but others will actually take action, trying to become fulfilled through the act of revenge. In fact, many of us sitting here today or watching online may have had that thought come across our mind a time or two. A thought of wanting to get revenge for something someone has done or said to us. Not to mention those times when someone may have bested us at a game and and those words come out of our mouth, I'll show you, no, I want a rematch. Let's face it, we are only human. We are all competitive to a point, and many human beings are sore losers. Remembering what was just read in Romans 12, Paul was writing to the Roman church of believers saying, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. We are reminded that although we may want revenge, it's not our place to take it. God will take care of those things that warrant revenge, And we should just step back and allow room for God's wrath to do the rest. And no matter how hard we may try, we may find that we jump first to wanting that revenge. It all just makes me want to ask, why can't we all just get along? Just like the yooks and the zooks, why is it that we can't seem to put down our weapons of choice to stop the wars, to put aside all of our differences and just show love to one another? Why can't we stop the words of hate and anger, stop the wanting of revenge, stop wanting to put one over on someone else? Why can't we instead give forgiveness and just show love? After all, doesn't God tell us in Leviticus 19.18, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus echoes those words when he gives the greatest commandments to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. 
Paul tells us many important things throughout Romans. But in, in just this small section of Romans 12, he reminds us of some really important things that maybe the yooks and the zooks should have thought about and maybe should have probably put into practice. This list from Paul is not a short one. First on the list is that we must be sincere in love. When we show love, it must be a genuine love, a love that is humble and only given partially or to the, a love, okay, um, not just a love that is only given partially or to the people we know and care about, but a love that is given fully, completely, and genuinely to all people everywhere. Actually, this entire section from verses 9 through 21 is all about love. One without pretense one that isn't fake. It's a kind of love that comes from a changed heart, from a changed mind, and through Christ. Verses nine through 16 focuses on the responsibilities that we as Christians have. It's basically a list of common ethical guidelines for Christians. Hate evil cling to good, be devoted or committed to and honoring to one another in love. To not lack zeal, but instead to always have a spiritual passion as one that has been set on fire by the Holy Spirit. To show this fervent passion while serving Jesus and all while being joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Sharing with others and being hospitable. Blessing those who persecute, torment, or hassle you. And don't curse them. Instead, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony. Be humble, not proud, not conceited, not thinking that you are better than you truly are. And be willing to associate with those who are poor and lowly. In other words, give love in such a way that you put yourself and your personal needs aside and focus on those around you. The remaining verses, verses 17 through 21, focuses on relationships with people outside of the church, and in our case, those who oppose or persecute us for any reason, but especially do so because of our belief in Christ. Paul makes a point of forbidding retaliation or an eye for an eye 
and instead reminds us to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And as Christians, we should always seek to maintain peaceful relationships with everyone, Christians and non-Christians alike, friends and enemies. To live in peace with everyone means to be kind, considerate, loving, gentle, and caring to all that we meet to the best of our ability. Paul also recognizes that sometimes we cannot fulfill this due to the other person's attitude or demeanor. And also by keeping our own, in Christ, our own Christian integrity intact. One should never go against one's convictions, especially their Christian convictions, or your ability to witness. And after reminding us to not take a stance of revenge, Paul then reminds us that instead, we are to be kind and do good toward our enemies, toward our enemies, by feeding them, by giving them something to drink. For that is the righteous thing to do, and in so doing, it will pile burning coals upon the head of the enemy. Paul then reminds us once again to not be overcome by evil, but instead to overcome evil with good. You see, Paul seems to be holding out hope that our good deeds in Christ's name those things that we do for those who do not know Christ will change their lives for the better. That our kindness will stimulate the other person or persons to be shameful and repent of their ways. But the most important thing out of all of this is the act of love. The entire list that Paul gives in this section of Romans is that of solid Christian love. It seems difficult at times, but it does make a difference and it will change your life. It is a shame that many people can go through their entire life and never love in the manner that Christ expects us to love. But some people do get it right. I remember the first time I heard of a father standing up in court and forgiving the man that had killed his only daughter while the man was driving drunk. I know I was in shock. I remember saying to myself, now if that was me, I don't think I could stand up there and forgive him for killing my child. That was many, many years ago. And since then I have heard and read many other stories of mothers, fathers, parents, siblings and children of the person killed that have publicly forgiven that guilty party 
and even having a relationship with that person afterward. Showing them true Christian love. Now I myself can thankfully say I've never been in that position. But I now hope that if I were ever to be in that position, that I could stand up and say I forgive you. But I also realize that that can only happen by leaning fully on Jesus. Because it is only through a relationship with Christ and not wanting to be filled with bitterness and a feeling of revenge that one can honestly and wholeheartedly forgive in such a way. I believe that I myself would rather be filled with love, with a peace that only that relationship with Jesus can give, especially in that kind of situation. Now back to the yooks and the zooks. Maybe if they would just lay aside their focus on their differences and instead see the things that they have in common, things would end differently. Maybe they should focus on love rather than trying to annihilate one another. I realize it's only a short rhyming storybook, one that ends with a cliffhanger. But what a story it tells. Let it not be our story. Let it not be your story. One can only hope anyway. And my hope is that one day across this great big world of ours, all people everywhere will decide to lay down their weapons of destruction. To stop hurting or trying to hurt others with their words or with weapons. To enjoy one another's differences. And instead of being evil or wanting revenge, to follow the commandment that Jesus gave us to love one another in the same way that Jesus loved us. Being willing to lay down our own lives for the lives of others. If that were to happen, what a perfect world this would be. Let us pray. Jesus, we pray your will, pray that you will Heal our hearts from all past hurts. That you will help us to make amends with one another rather than holding a grudge or seeking revenge. Help us, Lord, to be more like you in how we respond to people who try to hurt us physically, mentally, or emotionally. And help us to change not only our hearts, but theirs. To be more patient 
and to have a more loving heart. If it is your will, O oh God, change this world in the process as you change the hearts and minds of every person. We ask all of this in your blessed name. Amen. Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed and that you are a blessing. Go in peace.